Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm here in the studio with today's guest. After working with large agencies began to feel too impersonal, she decided to start her own business to offer a bespoke service catering to the smaller independent business sector where she could have a close working relationship with her clients. Prior to this, she'd built an established career in events and marketing where she was able to develop her expertise within the hospitality sector. She also worked for a national museum with responsibility for creating and growing the social media presence. Her current business specialises in working with small niche businesses looking to grow their online presence through the use of social media platforms. She is Faye Alexandra-Smith. Hello, Faye. Hi. <laughs> How Hi. are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good. Thank you for uh, coming over and doing this recording. Pleasure. Appreciate it. Absolutely lovely <laughs> on a nice sunny Friday. Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? I know, it's pretty nice. Um, cool. So just before we get started, you're at alexandra1marketing.com. That's correct, yeah. People can go in there and find find what you do and get in touch with you and everything. They and can go on to my website and they can find out more about me and read my testimonials and hopefully find a little bit more about what we're about, really. Yeah. Cool. Excellent, excellent. Right. Let's get started. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, you're based in Coldwell, are you? Yeah, I'm based in Cobble currently at the moment um, okay. but um, I'm going to be moving to Cheltenham soon so ah, nice. yeah, okay. yeah moving cool. to somewhere a little bit busier so. right okay <laughs> was it were you going to be moving to Ledbury at one point was I was you oh my goodness so I was going to be <laughs> moving to Ledbury and then as lovely as it is um, yeah. just needed a little bit more going on because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in my 30s so needed a yeah, few yeah. more bars and a few more restaurants That's hence, fair enough. hence the Cheltenham selection yeah. so yeah yeah good move good move no it's nice isn't it it's very nice i mean it's not good for your bank balance no so. that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you'll pick up some good clients and stuff i'm sure yeah That'll it's quite a creative hub because it's about half an hour away from bristol yeah. um on the train and stuff like that so it's nice to be in a creative kind of place to live and I, there's lots mm. of other creatives and lots of galleries and Mm-hmm. art and stuff so that's kind of what's drawn me towards moving there as well yeah okay yeah. makes sense cool and you grew up in Cobble did you or? yeah so I grew up in Cobble um and then I went on to go to John Macefield High School in mm-hmm. Ledbury um following on from that I went to Worcester Tech College okay which is still alive and kicking yeah um but I actually started life in um musical theatre so I was right. a musical theatre grad um, oh, right, okay. So, but, you know, like, what's the link to the marketing? But, you know, we can go on to talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get there, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, okay. So musical theatre, so that was your degree? Yeah, that, that was my degree. Okay. And I was a professional performer um, on oh. cruise ships for six years. Okay. Um, and abroad as well. Right, okay. And then due to an injury um, yeah. when I was in a show, uh, it really took me out of the performance game right, and then okay. I needed to look for something that I was still that I'd enjoyed and mm-hmm. that was creative and mm-hmm. that was with people um so yeah so that's kind of when I moved into the events marketing sector and okay. built up from there really yeah so what sort of thing were you doing on the cruise ships then sort of I was I was in full blown musicals so right, okay. <laughs> and cabaret singing as right, well okay. um so i'd always wanted to be in the west end you know all these people yeah. that say oh, i want to be on the west end yeah. i didn't make it to the west end it's an, an incredibly competitive industry yeah i'm sure um yeah. but yeah cruise ships was the next best thing got i've seen the world yeah i was gonna say where did you go <laughs> so i went to um all of the caribbean so yeah. grenada st vincent st lucia barbados i've been to all of scandinavia so right. scott stockholm copenhagen Tallinn and estonia fin- like helsinki and finland so incredibly well traveled yeah, yeah oh and we went up the amazon as well oh really wow. <laughs> <laughs> just throw that one in there yeah 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 nice <laughs> so how does it work when you work on on those do you kind of get 
do you get some time off when you get to the different uh from the, places, the ports. Different ports yeah. yeah so you get to have maybe a few hours off at port it depends where you are um but because of how many crew there are on board the ship hmm. you get put on a list and then you it goes around to the lottery and you get a number and then right. they decide when you can get off the ship at which port because they might need you to stay on because they uh, need right. so many people yeah. to stay on the ship to keep it covered. Um, but I was very lucky because um, in St. Lucia, I got to get off and go swimming with the turtles and go oh, on a nice. catamaran and nice. get quite drunk with the rest of the passengers <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was pretty pretty good pretty good fun yeah 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 i bet okay so you won the lottery a few times then, yeah I, I won the, <laughs> yeah i guess you could say that i won the lottery <laughs> at the best times as well like some people that would get off would get off in like really cold norway in places like Ulta, and it'd be like minus 20 and be like maybe i want to stay on the ship Give that a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah okay so you did that for six years mm. Okay, pretty much continuously. So on and off, um, it wasn't just cruise ships, it was also working abroad in Cyprus. Mm. Okay. And um, my very first gig actually professionally working in um, performance and entertainment was Haven Holidays. Have you heard of oh, Haven yeah, Holidays? Yeah, yeah. I was one of the entertainment team members right. at 21 <laughs> when I graduated. <laughs> So um, the highlight of my career was actually playing the tiger. You know the tiger, Rory? Yeah, I was the mascot. So, wow. I mean, things have come along <laughs> since, <laughs> since my day. You know, that's probably like nine years ago now. So, but yeah, all, all fun and all part of, you know, learning and learning about people. And it was yeah. great. It was, it was a great time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess you, you must learn a lot just. Well, it's a, it's a good skill, isn't it, to have sort of getting out there in front of an audience and just, yeah, going for it. I yeah, guess. it's I mean. really good, like, working with people. I think I, I would say I'm a people person, and I mm -hmm. think that really um, goes into what I do now with having my own marketing business. And I think um, there's a lot of transferable skills you learn as a performer that people probably would just think, oh, if you, you go and perform, that's all you're going to do mm. and aspire to be. But actually, no, there's so many skills you can take and put them into other roles um, and other industries and things. So, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, yeah, tell, tell us a bit about that then. Because I sometimes, do you feel like when you go to a client and stuff, it's, it's obviously you're being yourself, but it's there's an element of performance maybe when you're kind of going, I suppose, when you're pitching or whatever. And, and I don't know. Well, you tell me. What I do you think, think? I think it comes down to like, confidence I guess because yeah. if you think about if you can get on a stage in front of 2,000 3,000 people mm. and you can perform you know all a whole show with so many different sets and songs that you've got to remember mm. then you can pitch in front of a client or mm -hmm. or go through your proposal with someone you know like one person in a boardroom or yeah. on zoom well it's been on zoom hasn't it yeah recently yeah. so it's just <laughs> you and them on a on a call um yeah. but yeah i guess i i take on that kind of that gives me that confidence to be like i can you know how would i go about this and but i kind of would say i it's not about being false either like i bring i'm very genuine as a person yeah yeah um so you know i like to, people to understand my character and my personality and what you see is what you get you know, mm -hmm. if you work with me, mm -hmm. um, nothing will change. So I guess in some respects, yeah, there's a few bits that you would use from performing, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. What would, what would you think, apart from the confidence, do you think that's the main sort of yeah, skill? Yeah, I don't think I'd go in singing and dancing. No, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Just do a tap dance on the table, but like, right, so, do you want to But there's other skills, together? I suppose, like, you know, slotting into a team yeah. as well, because I guess you have to do that, and, and you don't always know who that's going to be I suppose when you're performing yeah slotting into a team so like the show teams you don't you never know who you were, were going to work with back, back back then and I would probably say that it's also about how you deal with people mm -hmm. so you're not always going to see eye to eye Mm -hmm. um, and I think again you've I've taken skills from working with so many people from all over the world yeah. and it's like that with clients isn't it you don't know 
what they're going to be like, how they're going to, what they're going to be like to work with, mm-hmm. um, what their expectations are, mm-hmm. and it's being able to gauge that as well, and being able to make them feel comfortable and confident that they've made the right choice with picking you as well. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, because that's a big thing, I suppose, when you're performing, isn't it? Is that I remember it like GCSE drama or whatever, doing that thing where uh, you had to stand there and fall back and everyone in the class had to catch you <laughs> to kind of build the that, trust, that trust thing. And I suppose I suppose when you join in a, a, a group and you don't know who the other performers are, you've got to sort of build trust and give trust quite quickly. It's a really good you? example, Dan. Like the trust exercise is a really good example because we use that in everyday te- technique in terms of when we were um, rehearse, rehearsing for all our shows, that was something that we would do just mm-hmm. to warm up. Right, and yeah. I guess, yeah, absolutely. With clients, it is about trust. And it is, mm. it's not just about what you can deliver, mm. but it's, can I trust you? You know, are mm-hmm. you the right pick? So, and I think not knowing when, you, when you're with a client, you don't know each other, do you? You have to build no. that relationship through, you know, time. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, I get, yeah, it definitely works in tandem with each other, for sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, had you always wanted to be a performer when you, uh, when you were growing up? Is that kind of, that was always on your radar? So, from the age of four. Yeah. <laughs> I think I came out singing and dancing from my mother's womb. <laughs> <laughs> that is an actual thing. Um, yeah, no, I think I've always been quite an extrovert. Yeah. And um, I needed something I think my mum wanted something for me to do after school mm-hmm. that would entertain that yeah so instead of horse riding and things like that it was singing lessons yeah. and stage school at the weekend stagecoach and it really just brought me alive as right, a person yeah. and so yeah I really enjoyed being someone else creating a character making people laugh making people cry mm-hmm. making people smile i think it's how you make people feel yep. and that's the biggest enjoyment i got from it right which okay. i guess again you get that from your clients don't you if you're yeah, performing yeah. and you're meeting expectation then and they're happy with your work i feel like that's kind of a similar <laughs> yeah. thing yeah, 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 definitely. I think there's a lot of a lot of parallels with that. Parallels, isn't yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. And so, kind of, did you enjoy school and stuff academically when you weren't performing, or was that kind of good question? You um, got through <laughs> because they always say the creatives are like, nah, I'm interested in <laughs> the singing and the the PE and the you know the art, but yeah, when it yeah. comes to academic maths and things like that and science. That wasn't for me. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. interested in that. Um, yeah, English fair. literature and language, yeah, I loved it. Because again, it's, yeah. I guess you're doing Shakespeare and things like that. But um, no, I wasn't, I didn't like all the academic subjects. I wanted to just be doing, doing stuff. being creative, right. making things. I, I loved all like arts. I loved PE, mm-hmm. um, some PE, I mean, not all. Um, yeah, yeah. But things where you were, it's like, but they say kinesthetic learning where you're just doing mm-hmm. rather than looking at something and absorbing it. So yeah, okay. yeah, I would say so. But yeah, school, school wasn't really my bag. I really mm. came into myself when I went to college because right, I okay. could be myself. I felt at school that I was, I don't know if <laughs> other, um, my other classmates thought I was a bit quirky and a bit different (laughs) um I didn't meet the norm let's say typical secondary school and school I think because I just wanted to be out there and up on stage or out and about yeah I was maybe a bit distracted I think there were a few (laughs) times when (laughs) I think I actually fell asleep in geography (laughs) because we were learning about I don't know if we were learning about Don we were watching Dante's Peak and it was about volcanoes we were learning about volcanoes yeah I just, all I remember is just waking up at the end and thinking, yeah, it's really not for me. <laughs> Volcanoes aren't my thing. No. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, so college, where did you say you went to college then after I that? went to the tech in Worcester. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I followed on to do performing arts there. I did a BTEC, National right. Diploma. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I think yeah. I met people that were just on the same page as me. Yeah, and I finally think it, found your people. <laughs> yeah, I think at school, you have so many different, varied types of people, don't you? Mm-hmm. But as soon as you go into a love of the same thing, 
mm-hmm. you meet your you meet your people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was so apparent. Yeah. <laughs> I just loved it. I was instantly. Well, we're sing- we were singing and dancing every day. We're being yeah. great every day. But again, like really good people, and again, really extrovert. Ex- lots of extroverts, and I think mm-hmm. that's <laughs> they're my they're my people. <laughs> they're your people. Yeah, yeah. See. When you say extrovert, do you mean like, because I always sort of define it as sort of where you get your energy. So introverts like happy being around people, but need a bit of quiet time on their own. So do you sort of need to be around people to get energised? I do. I think I do need my own space. Don't get me wrong. I mean, when you've been working on loads of work in the week and then you're just thinking (laughs) by the weekend, you're just thinking, I might just need a little bit of time to decompress. Yeah. But I thrive off other people. Right, okay. um, yeah. in work situations and social situations I think mm-hmm. you can bounce off personalities mm-hmm. um, and yeah I, that's why I really enjoy so I think that's why I really enjoyed the course that I was on when I was at, at college yeah 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 did you find it struggle through the like last 18 months of the lockdown and things like that like? <laughs> <laughs> um, not that I want to dwell on lockdown oh but gosh. it's just a <laughs> so I basically decided to develop my own theme nights to the point where I did Greek night one night and had ouzo and lamb and Greek salad and put the flag on the table nice. and dressed up in a toga. I kid you not, this is a true story. I've got I've got the um, photos, so there is proof. Excellent. And then the week after that, it was an American diner with burgers. And yeah, I, was, I got quite creative. Nice. But then I think as the time went on and work did start to kind of, kick off let's say yeah yeah because i set up in lockdown um i found that then it was just like okay it's really dark nights and i think (laughs) i'll just watch goggle box and just kind of yeah there's nothing to do do. prison night tonight with some porridge (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just like that's a lot of effort that's quite tiring dressing up and when you're not going anywhere were you like broadcasting this on like facebook live or something or was it just just for your own amusement my business is social media (laughs) so i guess like i was putting myself out there yeah i did i was all over facebook i was all over my instagram talking to instagram Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. which a lot of influencers do I don't see that for myself personally now but when we were without people yeah. I actually locked down with my mum and right. actually it was really good for us because we had each other I think if I'd yeah. been solo and on my own I know so many people that have struggled with it yeah, yeah. I can't begin to imagine the loneliness mm. because even sometimes just being with another person mm. you're still wanting that social life going mm. out seeing people doing things going places yeah i mm. I, I don't like to be i like to be out and about definitely. yeah yeah that's your thing yeah. yeah okay gotcha cool so um then you went on did you, you do your your degree at worcester then or was that uh... so then i went on to university of central lancashire okay and i did musical theater bachelor's mm-hmm. degree gotcha. for three years right okay um so that was great again yeah completely (laughs) different place to live yeah yeah never been to preston in my life and that's where the uni campus was and it was just really great it was just really exciting i mean i saw some sights i'm not gonna lie like (laughs) it was definitely i think i'd been quite sheltered living around here right and then going off to somewhere like a big city like that up north. Yeah, yeah. People are ever so friendly up there. Yeah. But it's also great, there's it's it's a bit wild. I think that's a really good way <laughs> to describe it. It's wild. <laughs> wild Preston. Wild Preston. <laughs> okay. Um so yeah, I loved I thrived off university. Yeah. I thrived being a student. I yeah. love being a student. I mean, who doesn't love being a student, right? <laughs> yeah. Um But again, met such a diverse group of people from all over the UK, different accents as well, which I love. I love an accent. (laughs) Like, I I just, I don't know. I just find it fascinating meeting different people. Yeah. And then just made a really great group of friends off the back of that. And it was just the making of me, I think, in terms of confidence. Yeah. Uni really gave me that kick up the bum to go and go out there and do it kind of thing and also speak my mind I think right. before I was a little bit shy mm-hmm. even though I say I'm an extrovert there are situations I come into even now 
where I think, oh, I'm not really sure about this situation. Mm. And, you know, I kind of question myself, I guess. Um, and it kind of gave me that confidence to be like, I know I think I agree with this. Or you're making decisions when we were doing projects, theatre mm. projects and devising mm. works and things. And so it really helped me build that level of yeah. confidence. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I like that description of introvert and extrovert because it's different to like confidence it's kind of where you get your energy because you can still have like introverts can be confident with other people but it's just where they sort of recharge and I, th I think I guess it's the, the flip is true when you're talking about being an extrovert it doesn't mean that you're really confident in front of loads of people it just means that you like having people around I think as well you have something called have you heard of imposter syndrome oh, i have indeed i've suffered <laughs> suffered greatly from I, it. I suffer from it today <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i might come across as you know i'm quite friendly i'm quite bubbly i'm quite vivacious but at the same time there are loads of times when i'm thinking am i am i doing this right yeah, yeah. or why have they chosen me even mm. now mm -hmm. and you know your own abilities and mm. your skill set but you still question yourself. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I know. I know exactly all about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Did Did you have that then? So going into your from uni, then you went on to to do the cruise ships and everything. Yeah. So I, I guess that sort of imposter syndrome can come in quite heavily then when you're being picked to be in a certain performance or something like that. Is it kind of like? Do they know that I'm not that good? <laughs> Am I gonna <laughs> show up? <laughs> um, so yeah, it really comes into auditions. So yeah. essentially, for all these big ships and things like that, um, and contracts abroad, you have to go down to London mm -hmm. to audition. And then when you're waiting in the queue, you're in the queue with 600 other boys and girls right, that yeah. are just want the job the same as you, and they probably got five slots in the team. Right. And you're just a number. They call it a cattle call. And you just go in there and they set you a dance routine and you, you're there and there's 20 of you and they go, okay, go, and it's really fast. And then they'll get you to sing 16 bars of a song of right. choice. And that's it. <laughs> and then they'll just go, yes, 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 yes. Thanks very much. Right. It's really quick. In person. And you would have spent <laughs> all day getting there. Yeah, yeah. Just not eating, kind of like, oh my gosh, I need to do this audition and then think I've spent all that money and not get picked and that was just an ongoing thing until you get picked yeah, so yeah, yeah that imposter syndrome and that feeling of not feeling am I right am I all the time because yeah. you're always being compared to the next person that goes in the room after you yeah you're kind of being judged literally being judged by someone the whole time you're, which yeah. takes a lot of resilience I should think to keep going yeah so you're judged on your weight, your height, right. your look, your hair, your eyes. I kid you not, it's yeah, really yeah. brutal. It's quite brutal, isn't and it? And I yeah. think, yeah, that's a really good point. You build a really big resilience to a lot of things because if you can stand there with people going, yeah, she won't fit into this costume, <laughs> then yeah, you have ouch. to think, ouch, yeah. that hurt. And you have to grow a thick skin. Yeah, yeah. So uh, over the time that I was doing that, I was growing this skin that was yeah. just like yeah okay and and every audition that you go to you get stronger so mm. the very first one you come out crying but then yeah. <laughs> but, but then later on you're just like oh, okay shrug it off i yeah. just wasn't right for the Didn't part that yeah. that's fine on to the next one yeah so yeah it, I, I think it's been a really good thing for me to build my walls yeah, and I help bet, me be yeah. quite resilient towards rejection yeah 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 because it's you know it's part of real life as well isn't it being rejected and stuff and uh, i think yeah it's like with clients you know you yeah. might not be their cup of tea and now yeah. i think i've got such a really chilled attitude on yeah if we're not the right fit that's cool yeah if we're not right we're not right and then you get <laughs> clients that might think oh i don't not now but weirdly i've had clients that go oh actually hi you know, it's me four months down the line. Actually, we've been having a chat and we want to go forward and ahead with it now. Mm -hmm. So it's just how you kind of give off that energy to people, I think, yeah. as well, yeah. Did you see some people who didn't build up that resilience during that process and who just kind of said, 
that's not because that's the other option, isn't it? You know, you do a couple of those interviews, you cry after them probably at the beginning, and then you just go, oh, uh, it's not for me. I'm going to go and do something else. I've got lots of friends in the industry. Well, they've left now. Um, yeah. That have been copious amounts of phone calls to myself, going, I don't want to live in London. I don't want to be here. It's so difficult. I've got to yeah. work three jobs, and I'm going to the. You know, it was really stressful to hear. And, you know, a mental health being quite affected by it as well. Mm. Um, and that is the industry, unfortunately. Like a lot of industries, it is, it's how people are. It's quite brutal. You've got mm. to fit the mould, I guess. Mm. And like I say, you just have to d- develop that thick skin. Mm. And then some, unfortunately, some people d- don't. Mm. Um, and that might be because it's not right for them and it might be not the right industry for them or they could go into a different part of the industry. That's not to say you couldn't do backstage. That's not to say mm-hmm. you couldn't direct. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's a tough, <laughs> it's a tough one, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So then um, let's fast forward a little bit then. So you got, your, you, you got into the, um, the, the cruise ship jobs and everything like that uh, and then you said you had an injury after six years yeah oh sad sad moment so this is actually when i was working for warner hotels um on mm-hmm. the isle of wight in the show team and i was in the middle of um, a musical theater medley and i went to do a pirouette and <laughs> i caught the heel of my shoe inside the hem of my trouser leg on the other on the other leg oh yeah yeah gotcha. and i just had this snap yeah and then i just felt this intense pain and i've still got the mic in my hand at this time coming to the end of the song right and i can see all these faces out there and i'm thinking just get to the end they just get to the end and i'm thinking this is so painful (laughs) and i look to my left and i whisper very quickly into the lead um male singers like yeah i say to him um you're gonna you're gonna have to carry me off because I can't walk. <laughs> and then he carried me off, so it made it look you like it was it all like, part of the oh, show. Oh, wow, what a story. <laughs> just, you know, make it bizarre. because you're running on adrenaline, yeah, yeah. so you can make it work. Right, okay. M- meanwhile, I'm thinking, oh my God, I think I've really buggered my foot here. Yeah. And I got backstage and the pain just shot through me because all the adrenaline came out of me. So all I could oh, feel was this really crazy pain in my foot. Yeah. And I said, and it's going, it was going blue and black. And I thought, I think I need to go to hospital. I think I, I, think I do. Um, and my um, ENTS manager, Holly, she drove me to the only hospital on the island, right. St Mary's. Yeah. And <laughs> we got there and it was crazy. It was gone quarter to one in the morning. There was all sorts going on in A&E. <laughs> and I was just like, I just need someone to see this. And I saw the triage doctor and he said, oh bad news we've done the x-ray i was like go on then hit me with it thinking it wouldn't be too crazy it might be a sprain it's like you fractured your navicular bone and i was like well what's that and it's like it's a really tiny bone in your foot but it's a really bad fracture and i said well what does that mean he said well we're going to plaster your foot up yeah like it was really plastered up and put in a boot one of those moon boots and he said yeah yeah you might be off it for a while and i said well what's a while and he said, well, we don't know yet because you're going to have to come back and have it reviewed and um, looked up by the orthopaedic surgeon. And I'm thinking, what? You know, this is crazy. Um, and I went back to where I was staying on, on site, um, getting a piggyback out of the car with my aunt's manager after I've had this ordeal and thinking, oh, you know, hopefully it won't be too long and I'll be back on my feet. And... It, it carried on and carried on. And I was thinking, I'm getting really depressed because I'm not doing the shows. And mm. I was doing very minimal activity mm. in the daytime. Um, and the guests were like, why aren't you in the show? And I'm, I was saying, because I can't. And they said, yeah. when are you back? When are you back in the show? I said, I don't know. <laughs> and months were going by right. and yeah, in the end, I had the boot taken off and I had the cast taken off. And then the orthopaedic surgeon said, now you need physio. And it was just ongoing. Right, yeah. yeah. And it, was, it wasn't right. Like, when you stepped on it, because you were, you were dancing, it's quite intense mm. dancing on all these shows, you can't just 
dance on it. Mm. So I was com- I was actually coming onto stage doing some of the numbers, singing some of the numbers with my crutches. <laughs> 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 because I didn't have a lead female. Right, okay. Another lead female. So I was coming on and doing like numbers and thinking, this is ridiculous. You know? <laughs> um, and in the end, I was so low that I knew that this was going to take a long time and I got another, I got a second opinion from another doctor. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that's going to take a long time right. to get back on your feet, you know? And he said, you shouldn't be putting lots of pressure on it. You shouldn't be dancing on it. You should be definitely looking at what do you do? And I was like, well, I do this. And he said, no, you need to like think about alternatives. Cause yeah. yeah. So that was really sad. So that really took me out of the game because if yeah. you can't, dance which is one of the three disciplines yeah. in musical theater yeah then that's it yeah yeah you know uh so then i thought to myself gosh okay i'm now back at home because essentially when you're doing all these singing jobs dancing jobs musical theater jobs you're back and forward and you've got mm-hmm. no bass at home because mm-hmm. there's no point you're mm. away all the time so i came back to my mum's, and i just said i don't know what i'm, what I'm gonna do because yeah. I, that was my, my life, that was my career. How do I, and I lost a lot of my confidence as well because that really took me out of the game and made me feel worthless because I didn't know what I was gonna do with my life. Yeah, and that yeah, was at 26. Just, been, just been focused on that one thing since you were like four. I thought I'd be fo- performing till, you know, yeah, yeah. I was old and gray. Yeah, um, yeah. So then I had to look at alternatives and my auntie owns an events business called Event Works Europe in right. Lebury, but a lot of her works in London and things like that. Okay. And between a lot of singing and dancing contracts, she'd got me in to kind of help with event management and mm-hmm. be like her right-hand woman kind of thing and help with venue searching and just get the lay of the land and be there. Right, okay. And so I offered my time and, you know, it gave me some work while mm-hmm. I was not performing which helped me build that knowledge of that mm. industry okay. so that I was able to move that over to what I wanted to do next. Mm-hmm. And so um, then I was kind of like temping, doing a bit of reception work. And then I got a job um, working at the Barrister's Chamber in number five in Birmingham, right. which was my very, my marketing assistant was my role. Right. Because you have to start somewhere, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went in, and again, it's quite corporate. And the mm-hmm. thing is, I'm not a corporate's not for me. <laughs> I, am, I I just don't think I sit in that box. Sometimes people enjoy that's their thing, and that's what they enjoy. But I was just like, law, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, I, yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I was making lots of things, so seminars, and putting things together, and presentations, and thinking. I don't know what, what heart, this all means. Yeah, heart just wasn't in it kind of thing. No, yeah. I wasn't passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I knew I enjoyed social media and I knew that I enjoyed putting things up and I would do projects for people just for free and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided I wasn't there very long and I then rang my recruitment agency that got me that job and I said, I, can't, I don't want to do it, this isn't me. This mm. isn't me. I'm such a creative person, and what was what you sold me wasn't this mm. this role. So they said, okay, we'll leave it with us, and we'll go back to the drawing board. Didn't hear anything from them, but I was with another really good recruitment company in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. They were really on it. Mm-hmm. Met them. You go in and meet them and everything. And uh, I said, this is what I want to do. This is the experience I have, mm-hmm. and that got me the job at Birmingham Museums Trust. Okay as the um, sales exec there right. uh, venue for venues and weddings. Mm-hmm. But part of the role was the marketing side and mm-hmm. the social media. Okay. It's all, in, all encompassed into that kind of role. You know, you're doing everything, <laughs> aren't you? Organise weddings and run the social media. <laughs> <laughs> do this, do that, and do that. Um, but that was the case. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was taking on. But it was incredibly exciting because it's... A national museum also the think tank science museum as part of it if you know of that one and it allowed me just to be a lot more creative come up with more ideas what mm-hmm. we could do for weddings mm-hmm. and i noticed that um they didn't have an instagram account 
Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing coming up then. I think that was, I was 27. Mm-hmm. And I said, you, you have, you've got, you know, a Facebook. Nothing was on the Facebook. <laughs> you've got a Twitter. And, and things just obviously, they've been busy with other things and that had been their expertise from the person that was before me. She yeah. was more event side. Yeah. And I came in and I said, well, would you, would you allow me to build an Instagram account? I'll keep it going. I'll do all the uploading. I'll run the Twitter, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And I really enjoyed getting all the photography for it. And then we worked alongside a bridal company when we did like a bridal shoot and just doing all the social stories behind mm-hmm. it. Because reels didn't exist then. Mm-hmm. So it was just about story. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? To think that half the stuff we have now on social media you know, didn't exist. Yeah, didn't even have stories, did they? On, no, uh, I think that was, it was just a video, wasn't it? Or something Life like was simple. Carousel <laughs> posts. <laughs> um, but it was great. And I really enjoyed the creativity of it and uh-huh. developing the content for it to the point where I was probably doing more, there's more exciting to do the social media than it was to do the rest of it. I mean, I love right. the rest of it, but... It was hard work. It was event management. It yeah, was yeah. running weddings. But again, going back to the point, working with people. Mm-hmm. So always with people, mm-hmm. you know, always meeting expectation, always delivering. Yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. Cool. So um, what led you to, where, where's the decision point to start up on your own then? And how did that come about? So I came back from Birmingham um, I left that job. I was there for two and a half years mm-hmm. um, because there was just no opportunity to progress. Mm-hmm. And I think once you know something and inside out and you know there, what do you do next, mm-hmm. you're kind of looking for the next step, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Or the, the per, like career progression, because that's what I'm about. And I, it wasn't there, it just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, okay, I need to grow now. I need, and this is what I love more in this role than anything. So I want to move on to do that. And I thought, okay, I went back home. I moved back, back home. And I thought, okay, what am I going to do? And I did some temping and I did some marketing temping. And it was just wishy-washy, you know, it was like contract jobs, but I was just kind of like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. It was one of those Mm. moments. Yeah, yeah. And then I got an opportunity with um, an advertising and marketing agency to just kind of go and shadow campaigns and go and see what what it takes to put those together and how they do things. And it was just going to shadow. That was all it was going to do. Okay. Well, at the end of the process of being there, being part of these amazing campaigns, um, the the guy who owns the company, um, I won't say his name just in case he doesn't want me to say it. he basically said that he was so impressed with what I delivered, the time that I was with them. He was like, we're gonna pay for the time that you were with us. We just really loved what you um, developed and and made and your ideas and your contribution. And I said, wow, because I've been needing almost like a, I needed that acknowledgement from someone along the line and I wasn't getting it. Yeah. And he was like, you need to do this. You're creative. You need to do, you, I, you love this. I, we can see it. Yeah. And he said, well, what are you going to do next? What's the next thing you're going to do? And this is, I think, two weeks before we went into <laughs> the very first lockdown. Yeah. And I said, well, I want to do social media. I love it. I love yeah. the marketing. I, lo- I want to grow people's accounts. I want to get more conversions for them and uh, grow people's businesses for them. Mm-hmm. He said, great. He said, um, well, why don't you, you know, and I was actually at that time going to move down to Brighton mm-hmm. and get a job as a social media manager and go that way mm-hmm. and go and work for an agency. Well, lockdown came along and yeah. <laughs> that wasn't able to happen. Yeah. And so he said, well, you know, we've got some great campaigns coming up. I'd love for you to work on them. So that was my very first bit of freelance work right, and okay. becoming a freelancer. And I put myself up on a site called People Per Hour. Yeah. Um, where people were just coming to you and saying, oh, I've seen your rate. Could you do this? Could mm-hmm. you help write the copy for this website? Could you um, grow this grid 
uh, for Instagram, could you um, write a press release? Mm. Very COVID related a lot of right, <laughs> time, yeah. I have to say. Yeah. Lots of um, quite boring COVID press releases. Sorry, anyone that's um, listening to this. That's into COVID press yeah. releases. <laughs> um, but then off the back of that, I sat there and I had this like eureka moment because things were going well. Yeah. And I thought, why can't I do this? Why can't I just set up a website mm-hmm. and just have my own business? Yeah. Because people want want my services. Yeah. And then, you know, it started off by a friend of mine, um, not just because we're friends, but she was like, okay, let's see what you made of kind of thing. Um, could you do my social media for mm-hmm. me? Manage it create the content and I said yeah okay and she said I'm going to put you on like a probationary period um which I exceeded that and then she said yeah I'm happy to have you carry on work for me I'm really really happy you've grown the account by you know 50% more and things like that and Mm -hmm. that was really making her happy Mm -hmm. and then off the back of that I just started to get more and more business Mm -hmm. and I think it is word of mouth Mm-hmm. A lot as well, as well as kind of putting yourself out there in business development side of things where you think, I need to go out and get the business. Mm. I did get a lot of word of mouth yeah, recommendations. Yeah. yeah. And they just developed, I guess. And here I am with them today. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. So, um, yeah. So, when you look back on the kind of, you know, the accident at the moment, <laughs> do you feel like that was a kind of blessing in disguise at the minute? or Total blessing in disguise. Yeah. You know, at the time when things happen that are quite traumatic, you think to yourself, this is the end, you know, yeah, what am I going to do? But I really, I'm so happy that it's all led to this. Yeah. Um, because I'm not a huge agency. Mm-hmm. Like Alexandra One is not a huge agency. We are boutique. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that it's small mm-hmm. because it's manageable. Mm-hmm. I think if I was big and I had loads of overheads, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be enjoying it yeah, because it yeah, would just sure. become, you know, you're managing people. Yeah. And I don't want that for the business. Yeah. I just want to be able to have really good relationships with my clients, yeah, which yeah. I pride myself on, actually. Yeah. And they're really good people to work with who I'm working with. You know, I've got everyone from a hairdresser to the film and TV industry yeah. to tech to <laughs> um, art. And yeah. it's so varied. And I love that because yeah, yeah. no day is the same. And so, so uh, are you from a kind of like entrepreneurial kind of background? You said your auntie's got a business and everything. Was that sort of, because for, not for every, everyone wouldn't sort of you know, get that feedback that you got from that, that guy and say, oh, I'm going to set up on my own here. A lot of people would go, right, I'm going to go, I don't know, go and get a job for someone bigger or something like that. So what made you, you know, it's decide really, to start up on your own? It's really funny because a really long time ago, I'll never forget, I had an interview with someone for a job in events. I didn't mm-hmm. get it, I got down to the last two. Mm-hmm. But the guy said, you've got real entrepreneurial spirit. Right. I'll never forget him saying that. And that was years ago. Yeah. 20, I think I was 27, 26, 27. Um, I think when I was into, that was before I was interviewing for the Birmingham Museum's job. Mm-hmm. And I, I've always, it always sat with me and I've always kind of, and I've always thought, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but actually, I think because my auntie's had her business for 10 years. Yeah. She set up again. She had so many different roles as, she, you know, didn't go to university. I'm, I'm the only one in the family that went to university as well. Right, okay. And just went with it mm-hmm. and set up Eventworks. Mm-hmm. And it's been such a success. And mm-hmm. you look at her for inspiration. And my mum, my mum is the CEO of Beta Den, oh, right, which okay. is the tech accelerator. Okay for the Worcestershire Alley yeah, yeah. And they're just inspiring women in my life. Yeah. So you look up to them and you think that's what makes you want to do well and succeed. And you think if they can do it, I can yeah, do yeah. it. And I think they've always given me that confidence as well to, mm-hmm. to go out and do what you want to do. And I think I've always been the type of person that when I've been in a job, <laughs> <laughs> sounds awful but I'd, I don't like being micromanaged mm-hmm. I never enjoyed that 
You know, you, when you'd have contribution or something you wanted to put on the table and said, well, we could do this and why don't we do yeah. this? And it was always like, yeah, well, and I'd be like, <laughs> okay, well, this is just, you know, this is not working. <laughs> and I just wanted to be able to have my own say, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's what's great about having clients is you come to them with ideas and this is how you work and this is what you're thinking for the project that they want to do mm -hmm. but you're not telling them you're putting your arm around them and saying okay well how do you see it and how do you want it to look and let's work together mm -hmm. you know you're not because I feel like this isn't against any other agencies or anything I've just got a totally different outlook on it but mm -hmm. I feel some people go in and going you're doing this all wrong mm -hmm. and I don't think that's how you should be mm -hmm. with your clients I think you no. should be able to just help them along mm -hmm. and guide them along and yeah. you're, you're gonna meet people that are gonna say oh no I want it like this or you know and you have to go with that as well but it's working together to produce yeah. well it's too easy to go in and tell someone that they're doing it all wrong because anyone can do that can't they like I, I you know when I was doing my engineering job people would come and they'd say oh no you're doing it all wrong and I'd often just think, well, you're, you're just saying that to try and make yourself look a bit better. Mm. And it doesn't work. <laughs> and and it's easy to do. Like anyone could, you know, especially with creative works, anyone can, you know, say to anyone, well, that, I'd do it like this. That's, you know, that's wrong. And it's just, it's not a very good approach, is it? Exactly. And I think as well, I've got, I've had people that, you know, I haven't taken on or, or you know, they haven't chosen me, let's say, because that happens mm. in business. This is how it works. Yeah. But how I've gone, you know, I've created this and I've done this so far. Now, what can you do to freshen it up, have mm. um, a fresh pair of eyes? Um, and you have to go in not going, pointing the finger. Because, mm. you know, as as um, having the expertise in this field, you will, you will secretly go in and go, well, I wouldn't do that, and I'd change that. Of course you will, mm. but you're not going to say that to them. You're going to go in with a completely different approach. Yeah, yeah. Because you want to have a good relationship. That's that's so important to me, is getting on with who my clients are, but mm. not on a basis of just business. Like, I want to get to know them personally, because I think if you get to know someone well, you know how they tick. Mm-hmm. And all these industries aren't my industry. Mm. I know nothing about film and television. Mm. I know nothing about hairdressing. However, mm. I go in and immerse myself in the experience. Mm. Mm. So I'll sit in the I'll sit in the salon um, and watch before I make cre like create content. How people are interacting, mm. what the um, owner of the salons like with her customers. So you can almost become that person behind that platform mm. so they feel like it's the owner talking to them but it's actually you that's created that so it's that, that character <laughs> yeah and that links really nicely yeah. back to your whole performing and <laughs> i just thought oh yeah <laughs> yeah definitely doesn't it because you're having to go in and and be a different not you know not be a different person but be a different personality online aren't you so it sounds like it's coming from that business and maybe that's you acting that's a really <laughs> really good link Dan I really agree and I think as well that you know with different clients there's different voices mm. so maybe the art client I'm working with is kind of a bit cool so what's the vibe yeah. there you know and you're kind of creating yeah, that persona yeah. aren't you yeah, yeah. and I create the persona to encourage people to buy if it's you know got a Shopify on there like button or you've got things like um the film and tv tv industry sorry image approvals um it stills approvals basically um mm. for production now this is a whole bag <laughs> of uh, information that i do not understand but i've again had to teach myself yeah, yeah. and the industry and the technical jargon and the words and the language they use mm. and i've kind of used it as like market research to look at other stills photographers and how they how they um, speak mm -hmm. and how they might um, praise another pe person's uh, piece of uh, work that they've mm -hmm. produced off a film. Yeah. And it's really like, um, that's damn good. Or it's all in, a, you know, it's a lot of American <laughs> isn't, like, isms. So it's kind of 
work yeah bringing a character every time yeah, you're putting yeah. an account together and I could almost see your your agency as if you know if you, if you take on people that they would be other actors and actresses who were able to kind of uh, you know put into create that character online for people well that's quite an interesting concept I've not thought, actually <laughs> thought about that I mean I, um, I'm looking at taking on just a graduate in marketing next year because yeah. I've already spoken with her but you know that's a really great point because I hadn't really I hadn't thought about that but you know, when it does come to creating the language behind it, I mean, as long as they can write, this is the thing, yeah. as long as their grammar's <laughs> yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there's one thing saying, let's take on actors and actresses, you know, and, and coming behind with character to write the copy, but as long as they can put a sentence together. And yeah, you've got to have the, the kind of those skills as half, well, haven't you? It? But yeah, that kind of like actor person with those sort of... what. Do you call those soft skills or something? Yeah, I, I think I think it's also kind of the being able to create that that expression behind copy mm. as well. Yeah. What makes someone read a caption? You yeah. know, if if it's dull, mm. people will just move on and look at the next story or the next post because that yeah. explore feed is full of millions of people all over the world sharing yeah. content. So you've got to think about how can I make my captions stand out above the rest mm -hmm. um, and I did a really fun one this morning just about the fact that the owner of the salon that I work with she loves fishnets <laughs> right <laughs> so she put up this photo on her own personal account saying fishnet Friday and I thought that's mega send me that photo <laughs> send me that photo because we can make we can this is fun people yeah. like fun people want to be entertained they don't want to read loads and loads and loads of content under a under a uh, an image because we haven't got time yeah. so it's short snappy mm -hmm. exciting that kind of makes you and evokes emotion within you and I think that's what is important to me as well whoever I work with and whatever kind of industry they're in I want their audience to feel that they're part of the community mm -hmm. yeah so whatever yeah. page they're on they're part of, I don't know if the brand was, you know, a drink or it was a restaurant or anything like that. Mm. I'm part of that community and feel yeah, valid yeah. As, as an audience member. And yeah. again, invoking an emotion from what you write and what you put out there is, again, similar, isn't it, to yeah. putting on that performance when you're on stage to evoke emotion, like you're saying at the beginning. Absolutely. You know? And I think that's like with what you do, Dan, you know, you kind of, you're evoking emotion respo response for what you what you produce and yeah, it's kind of yeah, like similar yeah. with social media marketing is that you are putting something out there however yeah. you know social media marketing is so vast as well with what you can produce in terms of video reels um posts carousel posts there's so much mm. but it's how you make someone feel for the rest of their day mm. and i think i get great delight <laughs> in when people respond yeah. And even view it. You don't even have to like it. You don't even have to comment on it. But if I've seen you viewed that reel yeah, yeah. and it's it's working, that yeah. makes me think, well, I've done my job. Mm. Um, and it's exciting to, you almost put your feet in those other person's shoes and you're thinking, well, what would they be thinking right now mm. about this? Mm. So I love that psychology of it, I think really enjoy that factor yeah yeah so it's not just like the number of likes that you get and everything it's because <laughs> well, that can be addictive <laughs> <laughs> well they say that can be addictive right but i'm on i'm on the thing of like growing things organically and yeah. also <laughs> the thing is the algorithm of all these social media platforms changes on a constant daily basis yeah, yeah. i'm forever going to these um digital conferences and sat there with my pen and paper thinking, right, you can always learn. You can always learn. You'll never, we, we never stop learning. And I went to one the other day and it was like, right, now it's changing to sharing this and doing that. And it stopped doing this. And you're thinking, <laughs> right, I've got to get on board with a whole other <laughs> algorithm now and learn again. Yeah, which is yeah. what Instagram keeps doing to people, which I find really interesting is it goes for a certain amount of months doing one thing. Yeah. And then it tries to trip a lot of influencers up and things by going, oh, no, we've changed it now. Because so they want to get people to boost posts for money? Is that I think it or is it? Instagram, why, why would they do that? Instagram is really a marketing tool at the end of the day. And it was yeah. made for businesses and for brands. Mm. That was the whole premise of it, really. Um, so I think they're trying to boost more of the money-making yeah. uh, situations because 
you know, it's great that these these people are out there being influencers and um, doing their thing, let's say. And I mm. and I um, promote that in in one way, but I think from a business point of view, you know, if you've got a brand and you're there to promote and to market, it's one of the best platforms to do it on because mm-hmm. it's visual, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and people love. I mean, I think video marketing is one of the biggest. Um, things this year that mm. they're looking at because TikTok again I do a lot of stuff on TikTok I mean I'm learning the world of TikTok mm. I can't say I want to be part of TikTok <laughs> um, but I'm definitely interested in how that works as well yeah. and how video for TikTok again is about the brand being a person so they want to see who's in front of who's behind the scenes mm-hmm. So it's not about like, oh, we're this brand and look how shiny this is. It's like, who are you behind that? So it's showing them that or the process of the unboxing mm-hmm. or the putting together the packaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some benign reason, I f- which I find fascinating again, is, is thousands upon thousands and thousands of likes on people just opening a box. Yeah. <laughs> and you just think, it's a box. It's a box. <laughs> What's inside the and, box? Yeah, and it's like, put that in the bin normally if I get a nice box, nice packaging. But if you think about like the product Apple, they made it. So it's an experience. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. And this is something that I'm starting to notice um, with building campaigns and, and building strategy is how you've got to put that into the mix, mm-hmm. especially if you're working with a client that has a product. Mm. You know, I guess with hairdressing or image approvals it was it's quite hard or tech Mm -hmm. but with this new client i'm with it's all about the home interior Mm -hmm. um that luxurious feel and um the unboxing and sending it off and unpackaging (laughs) and the tissue paper you know all these elements have gone into it so it's i'm learning now just that next thing that people are i don't know if it's a relaxation thing but they're really enjoying that experience of just yeah. watching someone open a box. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think people like to buy experiences, don't mm. they? And um, I've been saying that recently about our, you know, what we do. Yeah. If we're going out and and, and making a video with people, it's not just about the video, but it's about the whole day that everyone has with us, and we've got to make that into an experience for people. Yeah. Because you know. Look, most of the time they're putting a lot of the business on hold for a whole day and the employees are, you know, being part of it and everything. And you've got to make it a fun experience for people because that's actually part of what they're buying. It's not just that final video. Absolutely. Or or photo shoot or whatever. I I totally agree with you. Like a lot of behind the scenes footage as well in terms Mm. of, um, you know, people put these voiceovers on now as well. There's something that I'm starting to bring in. But again... Mm. I don't think one size fits all. That's something mm-hmm. I would have to say because what works for one business won't work for another brand. And mm-hmm. I think with the clients I work with, they're so niche and they're so independent. So you have to be careful about also not fitting that mold again because I think everyone's doing it. Mm. And there is this thing about, oh, we've got to, everyone's got to do this. Well, no, because what makes you different? Yeah, what makes yeah. you organic? Yeah. People want something new all of the time. It's this constant mm. demand. Mm-hmm. And I feel that it's really important to kind of remember that when you're making all these videos or reels or putting things together because, you know, people say, say to me, oh, I've got 10,000 followers. But do those 10,000 followers buy your product? Yeah. The reality yeah. is no. Because yeah, you would yeah. be very, very rich, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so it's about kind of when clients come to me and I say, well, what is your measure of success? What do you want to achieve? Where are we going with this? And yeah. it's seeing people that are my clients that are excited about what they want to create, achieve. But if someone comes to me and says, I want a million followers tomorrow, then I will sit there and say, you know, that's like impossible <laughs> we can't break the internet <laughs> i mean yeah, wow like you say you can have a million followers <laughs> but if no one's buying you might as well have a hundred followers where they're all buying making something quality rather yeah, than quantity yeah. and yeah, i guess absolutely. that's my ethic in mm-hmm. how i work is that i would much 
prefer to create an account that grows over time and mm-hmm. has loyal following and you mm-hmm. know those followers even if there's 400 followers you know every single person is going to buy that product and yeah, continues yeah. to buy it yeah so it's that understanding of that i think mm. it's important and people mm. do need to understand that you know i see a lot of hype about social me- i see a lot of people create reels on social media about if you want to do this do this i see a lot of you know, yeah, people like a quick sort of uh, <laughs> method. <laughs> a quick fix. A hack. Yeah, a yeah. quick fix, right? And the reality is, I look at those and I think, why are you selling this to people? Because that's yeah. not reality. You have mm. to sit down with those people and say, okay, well, what are our steps and what's our strategy and how are we going to do this over a year, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. So I really enjoy kind of giving that advice as well and mm-hmm. just saying, be realistic don't just tell someone you can make it all happen because yeah, yeah. that's not the way you should that's not the way you should um, yeah. work you should kind of be say okay that's what you want to do but we need to do all these things before we can achieve anything like that mm-hmm. and so i think yeah. that's how i create that confidence within my clients is that i give them that okay oh she's not selling me down the river kind of you know selling me this thing you know you know when people say i can make all this happen yeah, yeah. and then they, they don't <laughs> like that yeah no, i've no, never no, been no. about that but i think i learned that when i was in events because again yeah. meeting expectation with brides grooms mm-hmm. and you and they're saying can we do this at this time and you're saying no mm. because that's not achievable so it's being able to just kind of set realistic expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like it. I like it. Well, <laughs> look, we've smashed through an hour. Fantastic. <laughs> I think I it? could be. I, I think I could be here for days. This <laughs> sofa is incredibly it's, comfortable. It's pretty comfy, isn't it? That sofa. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's good. Um, but yeah, no. Thanks once again for coming in. You're at Alexandra One Marketing. Yeah, Alexandra One Marketing.com. Yeah. You're on the Instagram, Alexandra One Marketing. I'm on the in- the the Instagram. The Instagram. <laughs> you're on the Facebook. <laughs> the Facebook. Yeah, I love and that. You're on the LinkedIn as well. I'm on LinkedIn, All and I've just set up a Twitter because everyone's like, you need to get a Twitter, and oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I will get a Twitter account. That's fine. Um, so I've just I'm on there as Alex One Marketing marketing yeah so. people sometimes say to me i should go on twitter but i've just never How do you really feel about that Are you kind I've of just never really enjoyed it i just don't <laughs> i don't know i i had a look at it a few times and i just can't get into it but, i can't um, get into it a lot i don't <laughs> want to say love this it, now don't they? People I, love I don't want to say this now because a lot of my clients are probably listening and going well you do it for me um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I obviously work wise it is um necessary for some companies i work yeah, with yeah. but i think for myself as a business, it's where you think you'll be seen more and, and what kind of audience you want to create as well. Mm. I put myself on there because I needed to for a conference because I couldn't log into this conference without a Twitter account. So I thought, okay, oh well. create one quickly <laughs> and then... Was it a Twitter conference? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, was, it wasn't. It was um, LaterCon, which is a scheduling service right, um, okay. for posting. Because okay. I, used, I use it to schedule my posts because yeah, yeah. believe me Dan I'm not sat there every day going what? right I'm just going to schedule this one shattered the illusion <laughs> completely <laughs> yes I'm actually a wizard <laughs> just thought I'd let actually, you know actually they're posting all day long for all your plans yeah yeah so I okay. so that's where it's from which was all about you know the head of Instagram the managing director of Pinterest you know really interesting yeah, yeah. Um, people that are in in industry that mm. you need to Need Keep to watching. To yeah, 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 cool, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Well, yeah, people go to Twitter as well, but probably best not to. Probably, <laughs> probably best, best not to. to I'd prefer to you to come to Instagram and Facebook if you don't mind and look yeah. at my website. But um, no, in, I, you'll, if people do go there, they'll probably find that I haven't got a great following. And this is quite an in-joke with a lot of social media agencies <laughs> is your social media, as in client social media, will be great. But our own... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, our own is lacking because we haven't that. got time. Yeah, I've noticed that with a lot of uh, social media people. <laughs> that you go it looks to their like we're really, really like, rubbish. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to hire you. <laughs> Why have you only got that many followers? No, um, it was really funny. I was speaking to a friend of mine who's got a company in London. He's got a social media marketing agency, and I said this to him on an email the other day. I said, 
Yeah, just to let you know, you know, when you follow my Instagram, I haven't got many followers. And he said, oh my God, the same. He said, honestly, Faye, I think it's a thing <laughs> where you're putting so much effort into your clients. <laughs> You've yeah, not got yeah, enough yeah. time for business development, which is something that I definitely want to focus on when I've got more time yeah. and bring someone in to work for me next year because then I'll be able to kind of manage my time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, it makes sense. I'm the same with like editing my family photos and things. Just doesn't get done <laughs> <laughs> anyway cool well it's been great thank you again for coming in well thank you very much for inviting me it's been a pleasure yeah pleasure and uh, we'll see you soon see you soon you've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me Dan Barker you can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast if you've enjoyed today's show please head over to iTunes and leave us a review helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.